Hello, everyone. Thanks for showing up for this episode of the Successful Mind Podcast, where David and I discuss control, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Give it a listen and let us know what you think. control it's not good get out of my head <laughs> i think at one point you i remember us having a conversation you called me a control freak and i, I got mad, i got mad at you and you apologized to me but hey what you were right i i, I have an issue ago. i used to have an issue with control for sure yeah that's how i stayed safe in my world well so that's interesting that you say that because at one time it was an issue now it's an advantage right and that's why we want to talk about control today yeah. Right. 100%. You know, a couple podcasts ago, we talked about the need to be liked, the need to be a people pleaser that will, you know, be a big Achilles heel in your business. The The need to always be in control or the need for control shows up in lots of sneaky ways in a business, both from your, from in your, in your, like who you are being and in how other people are being around you, Yeah, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, for sure. The... You're, I love when you say that it shows up in sneaky ways because it really does. It, there is so many places that this gets in where I think that if a person has not heard what we're about to talk about, they may in their mind be substituting the idea of responsibility for control. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? So I think I think it's pretty obvious. I don't see how a person can be an entrepreneur without having some control freakness in them. They, like... It you have to be able to have that in order number one to be able to direct yourself in the in the art of going into business and then to be able to somehow find a way to bring others aboard and be able to do that you have to have that to some degree um, I don't you, because because the opposite of it is chaos right if a person doesn't have some kind of control it's just constant chaos and that it does not a business build <laughs> <laughs> correct <laughs> we've seen that we've seen that. Um, and another, here's another way. Another way is, and, and it's a sneaky way, it's a very interesting way, and I think it also sneaks up on couples. And that's where one person wants to start a business and the couple is massively triggered by the idea that they're not in control over, or they don't feel that they're in control over the money coming in mm -hmm. their life anymore, which is actually an illusion because it's the opposite that's true. When you work for somebody else, you're not in control of the money coming in. But you think you are. But you think you are, right? You think that's the safe thing to do. Yes. That's the reasonable yes. thing to do. But it's also the conditioned way to think, and there's no truth behind it whatsoever. You have truth in choice where you work and, and all of that. That's true. You have choice and truth what you do with your money. But you don't have, I mean, if that person decides not, they're not going to pay you, there's nothing you can do. Like the money ain't coming. You could be right all you want. You're not getting a paycheck. If they spent the money, if they have, uh, if somebody um, uh, took the money, if they went out of business, if they overextended themselves for whatever, if they don't like you, right? 
you may not get a paycheck. And that's Correct. an absolute truth. On the flip side, when you start a business, you're in total control of the money coming in as long as you're willing to do the cause and effect of what brings money into your business. But what happens is very often a person will be like, you know something, I really want to do this in my life. I feel like I'm, this is something that I seriously want to go after. And their partner, um, having been raised, you know, middle class, living in a working class lifestyle, experiencing that most of their life, it scares the shit out of them. They don't have the same desire. And that's not the problem. The problem is, is that they don't know how to wrap their mind around the idea of the uncertainty about the income coming in when it's just based on you. And, and there's not some magical boss over your head that is giving you a check every week or month or whatever it might be. Right. Well, I mean, we talked about this in a previous podcast. You know, I, I just knew I was going to get a paycheck every, every month when I was a teacher. Like it was just, I didn't think about where the money was coming from or what needed to happen to put that paycheck in my- Isn't that interesting when you think about where we are now? <laughs> that we, it never even dawned on us that something could go wrong on that paycheck wouldn't be there. Right. Well, and then when I entered this business, actually before, while well, I was, st I still had my nutrition practice and I did like a little bit of contract work and sales for another company. And I went in with that same thing. Like, of course I'm going to get paid. I did this work and they, they couldn't pay me. That, like that was like, that's what a up, right? you can't pay me. What do you mean? You can't pay me. What? I just did all the, like I kept on my end of the bargain, but it turned out they had, you know, lots of different reasons why they're, they're great people. Like yeah. love them to death. They yeah. just made some poor decisions and they ended up paying me, you yeah. know, in the long run. But we see that too all the time. But in the moment, like I was depending on that. I hadn't planned to not get paid. Right. Right. Um, well, we've seen people do this with the spouses, and it's something that I've I've personally experienced. You know, when when we took that scary leap into entrepreneurship, right? Yeah, it's a it's a real it's a real common thing, and um, back to the idea that it's that it's really an illusion. You know, a person has to make a very significant change around the idea of how they're going to bring money into their life, and I think one of the this isn't this is kind of interesting to also that. Sometimes we'll work with people and we'll say, okay, so what's the problem? What's, what is it that you need help with? And they will start, they'll tell us the problem is that they don't have enough money for X, whatever it might be. And then they'll associate that with something in their business that has nothing to do with bringing the money in to what it is that they want, um, which I always find fascinating because you would think now I think I think I kind of knew this because I had kind of entrepreneurial tendencies when I was a teenager. I bought and sold a lot of different things, cars and, you know, parts and other things that I probably shouldn't have been doing. But the you, there was this idea like if you did this you you made money. We would fix up cars all the time and sell them and make money. Um I never thought about it as a business. I never even really thought about it as sales. It was just like here's something that you can do to make extra money. So when a person is working on their website and they're not making sales, right? I find that that very fascinating. But they do it in a way where like they feel in control of what they're doing but they're not getting the result and not letting go of that control or even bringing in the right people. Right. to do it. The cause doesn't match the effect that they want. Yeah. Like they're off. Like I'm not making money, but I'm I'm working really hard on getting my website like rebranded right. it's like well your website rebranding is not going to bring in the money that you need right now 
you know, they say, I need, you know, I'm, I'm short this month for such and such for payroll or whatever. I'm worried I'm not going to be able to make payroll, but I, I've decided to start a podcast. <laughs> like starting a podcast is not going to bring in the money that you need for payroll. It's like there's this mismatch between the cause and effect of how it works right. in their business. Right. But it causes them, it makes them feel like they're in control of something. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is that the thing that they think they're in control of doesn't exist. It's like there's not any reality there. I'm, there there's one client that I'm thinking of where this person came to me and said, there was an issue with the money. We're talking about this person making sales, being consistent in sales, who this person needs to sell to. And that was the answer, that one of the answers that they gave. I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And I was like, how is a podcast going to bring you money? Would you please tell me? And they were like, well, I don't know, but everybody seems to be doing a podcast and making a ton of money. I'm like, who's everybody that's making a ton of yeah, money yeah. on these podcasts? And when I gave her the statistics around how many podcasts are out there and none of them are making any money, only the very top few are actually making anything and you have to sell it and you have to promote it and you have to market it and, 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 and. And they were, they seemed very shocked by that idea. They almost to the point where they couldn't let go of the idea of starting a podcast. And I'm like, you're falling in love with something on magical thinking that has nothing to do with you making money. I'm not saying that you can't start a podcast, but if you think that that's going to immediately turn around your financial crisis, you're looking in the in the wrong way, you know. And you run into it a lot when you're helping people with team. Like, tell me the thing. Oh my tell me gosh, the things that they say when the answer is they need to hire somebody, but they're completely in. I can't do that. Well, and sometimes they have the they have the team, but they're not willing to delegate, right? So, the one tell te, one telltale indicator that you have a a need a need to be in control that is causing problems in your business is if you are consistently overwhelmed by everything that you have to do, right? Like, I'll get on the phone with a client and they'll be like, "I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so tired." I'm like, immediately, I know that there's a control issue going on right? There's a delegation issue going on. Because as a business owner, your time is the most valuable. It should be the most freed up. You should not be doing things that aren't a good use of your time yeah. and that don't bring value to the company. Otherwise, you're actually stealing money from your own company, right? It, it costs you more for you to do the little things than it does for you to pay someone else to do a $10 or $12 task. Like It's a mathematical equation. It's logical. It makes total sense. And it's one of the biggest points of resistance for entrepreneurs. And I hear all kinds of excuses, right? All kinds of excuses. Okay, well, why aren't you delegating? Well, no one can do it as good as me. I want to make sure it's done right. My reputation is the one on the line. What if they screw it up? Um, well, I tried to delegate before, but this person stole money from me. Or I had a bad experience before. Or I'm not sure that I know how to tell them what, I mean, the excuses run the gamut and really it's, it's a need to be in control. It's, I have to do all the things because if I don't, I'm going to feel out of control. That's going to be very uncomfortable and something bad's going to happen. How receptive are they when you start to teach them that? Um, I think that I, so that's an interesting question because we work with some really smart people. Oh, yeah. Like everybody we work with is a very smart person. Yep, yep. So if I can if I can coach them from an intellectual standpoint, like let's do the math on this, right? Like I want you to take a, a pen and a pad of paper and I want you to write down everything that you do in a week. 
right? So you're going to write down every single thing that you do. Most entrepreneurs don't know what they do in a week. If you were to ask them, they could think of like four or five things and then they forget. But really it's like little stuff like answering emails, researching such and such, answering a Facebook message. Like, yeah, they're busier lot, in their mind. They're, they're, no, they're actually busy, but they don't, they don't remember it when you ask the oh, question. Okay. So the, the idea is that like, take a, if you're feeling overwhelmed, get yourself a notepad and for a week, track everything that you do. And then after the end of that week, go back and look at what you've written down on that piece of paper and circle all the things that you could easily delegate to someone else. Circle all the things that do not take your unique level of experience, right? A law firm owner should not be dealing with a broken printer, right? <laughs> a law firm owner should not be personally calling to remind people about, about their appointment, right? right? A, a consultant should not be worrying about who has time off when. Right? Like, and there's not a single business owner that has team members that should be managing their own email inbox. It is the biggest waste of time. If you can delegate your inbox, you can free up four to six hours a week. Like, you have no idea how much time you're wasting on email you on your what inbox. That means to people that may not understand what you're saying about delegating your inbox. Yeah, having somebody manage your email for you. It's pretty simple. Like, you have someone, and I, I have a whole, actually, I have a, a whole, I did a training on it and I've got like a cheat sheet. So yes, I can include that in the notes because I know I'm going to get DM'd after this um, from people asking for this training. Yeah. But it's basically how you set up your inbox so that you can have an assistant manage your email so that you're not having to check it every 15 minutes because you have an addiction to your inbox, which then steals really productive time away from things that actually bring more value to the company. And there's a really easy way to set it up. It's not a difficult thing. It can be trained in like 12 minutes. It's it like that should be across the board. Any entrepreneur who has a team should have someone managing their inbox. Yeah. The reason that I asked ask you to explain it is because that's one of the things that I hear you teach when you're teaching. I'm also watching the audience's reaction. And when you say that, it's like the exorcist, like the head just starts to spin around. Like number one, they've never thought of doing it. Number two, it's the thing that they're so seem to be attached to. Like, I there's I can't I can't give this up. You know, I I mean, this is the pot calling the kettle black. It was the very last thing that I delegated. I hung on to my to my inbox like it was it was really so. Like, I get it. I yeah. get that it's hard to let go of that control, but you're actually more in control. By delegating it, just like you're more in control when you use your calendar. And people think, well, I'm not in control of my ca my calendars. No, you're more in control if you use your calendar. Yeah, now that was a big one for me. Yes. That was a real big one Same. Same. Um, so this shows up, I mean, this shows up in every area, but the big indicator is, oh, I'm overwhelmed. I have too much on my plate. You have a need, you have a need to be in control. Like, huh. There's things that you are seeing that you aren't seeing that could be done differently. Right, there are more effective uses of your time than doing what it is that you're current currently doing because you think you think you have to be doing all these things, and yeah. that's just simply not true. Yeah, and you know, again, this goes back to where did this where did you develop this need to be in control as a child? Now, you and I both had childhoods that were like completely out of control, right? Because yeah. the people that were in charge of our childhood had right. other issues. That they were dealing with. Yeah. Or they could become out of control very quickly. Or they could become out of control very yes. quickly. Right. So we had to figure out how do we control our own little world at that time and navigate 
you know this uncertainty with the 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 elders so to speak yeah as we move through move through and i and i see it also um it's kind of like the worse the person's childhood is the more in control that they think that they have to be because it's what saved them it's how they because they had to be in control they had to be it had to be and what what you and i both learned was that where that was dysfunctional for us coming out of childhood into adulthood because because here's this is the thing about it and i want to make sure everybody hears this when you were a kid it was necessary it's probably what saved your life or allowed you to get through a bad time or dysfunctional or toxic people around you it was a survival mechanism that kicked in that you mastered very well but then as you become an adult the 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 little shift that doesn't happen in the mind is that those people aren't in authority over you anymore you don't have to worry about those individuals hurting you or doing whatever it was that threatened you as a kid. You're now in control and you're in control of your own control. So you can direct it in an intelligent way instead of, instead of an obsessive way. Yes. That makes a huge difference because then, then it's like, oh my God, the, what, what you can do with that when you understand what it is and by delegating and hiring and doing all of those things, you're actually more in control than if you're doing all of those things yourself because those things are then in control of you. Right. The things that you do, right? Yes. So let me give you an example of how this shows up. This was a conversation that I had recently with one of our private clients. He's feeling overwhelmed. He, 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 he understands that he has a need to be in control. We've worked him through this, right? So I get on the phone. I get on Zoom with him and he's feeling overwhelmed. And I said, the first thing I said is you can't tell me you're feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. Like I'm not, you're not telling me that. What I want to know is what, what specifically is the problem you're experiencing right now? And he's, he's going through a whole restructure. Like he's doing lots of hires. He's got an HR manager in place and the onboarding is not going perfectly. He's like, the onboarding is not going perfectly. And I looked at him and smiled and I said, it will never be perfect. (laughs) Like the first thing you need to do is make sure that you've got accurate expectations. And perfection is not an accurate expectation for anything in business. There's no such thing as perfection in business. The idea is that there's always going to be something that doesn't go the way that you want it to so that you have an opportunity to improve it. And you're constantly looking to improve it, right? So, and it was interesting because it was like, it was like I gave him permission to be okay not being perfect. Right. You know, like he, he kind of relaxed his shoulders a little bit. He kind of chuckled chuckled a little bit. And I'm like, look, the idea is, is that nobody that you put in this position is going to be perfect. No one's going to have the standards that you have set up in your mind. And the idea is that everyone's doing the best that they can. Yeah. Right? And yeah, yeah. that if something doesn't go right, you don't get negatively triggered by it, but you actually approach the person and say, hey, what went well, what didn't go well, and how can I support you in making sure that this doesn't happen again or making sure that we're improving, right? But all he could see is this wasn't perfect. And it was, it was painful because like, he felt like he's failing in some way, sure. right? And that's, that's, that's just not the case. But he, when this happens in business, Sometimes you don't just stop and think like, what is it about this that's that's really upsetting me? Is is this my need to be in control? Is uh-huh. because I want I have to I have to be this like image of of whoever whatever placed in my mind of this perfect thing. And how is that 
negatively affecting what's going on in my life, right? And how I'm showing up in business. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. And the expectation that it is, is just an excuse for you not to delegate. Right. Well, it's triggering an old pattern, right? I mean, that, that those things aren't logical. It's like, uh, if I if I'm looking at an, in an issue and the obvious answer from any business person's experience would be you need to delegate this to somebody else and that's not dawning on me and then the fact that you even mention it makes me feel uncomfortable. It's like what is it that I'm trying to protect from my own childhood? Like what where is the vulnerability that I'm experiencing that I have not really kind of patched up in order to be able to move forward? You know. Yeah, it goes back to how are you getting your needs met? How are you getting your needs met? Right. You have a need to be in control so that all these bad things don't happen. And so people look at you and say, oh, look at all these things that that this person is doing. For sure. Right. And it's actually crippling. It's actually crippling your business growth. Right. And at the same time, you know, like anything, there's a positive side to control and there's the downside to control. And the idea is that as you become a more mature entrepreneur, you understand how those play, right? Right, Like you you understand where control could be a negative for you and you understand where control can be a positive. So I'm just gonna share, I'm gonna just be totally transparent with our audience and with you on where, where my struggle is okay. with this, right? Because I love control. I like to be in control. I, I like to rely on myself. I've always been a very independent person. Like don't need anyone from anything, anything yeah. from anyone kind yeah, yeah. of thing because that's just that's just how I was. How, that's just part of who I am, Pause right? For one second. <laughs> Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where this shows up for me, and I know it shows up for other entrepreneurs, especially if you're doing your own marketing, is you want to control the outcome before you make the decision to do something. Like, I want to know that my marketing strategy is going to be successful before I decide to do the marketing strategy. Now, on the surface, that doesn't necessarily seem like a control issue, but it absolutely is a control issue because there's no way for you to know if this marketing strategy is going to work before you make the decision. And even after you make the decision, there's no way for you to know if the marketing strategy is going to work because there are too many variables for you to know if it's going to work or not. Like, everything in marketing is a test. Everything from how you build an opt-in page to how you build a thank you page to the emails you send to the subject lines you use to the images that you use to the words you use. It's all it's all a test in what your audience is going to respond to, what's up for them in the moment, how you structure things. It, even like where you lay things out on a on a sales page is a is a test, right? right? My the negative side of my control comes up when we need to make a major decision about a marketing strategy and I know that it's going to take a lot of time and effort. I know that it's going to that's going to cost the company in time and effort in in creating everything and making sure it all plays. It's, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a um uh a, a big endeavor. Okay. Right? And I find myself trying to forecast what's going to happen so that making the decision is more comfortable for me. And I also notice myself going into resistance to actually making decisions about it. And I, the cool thing is, is that I'm, I'm pretty self-aware, right? right? And I have people around me that will be like, why are you dragging your feet on making these decisions? Like, let's move already. Like, let's, let's make some decisions here. And I notice, I, I'll notice myself in resistance. And 
immediately when I notice myself in resistance, I'm, I'm asking like, what is this about? I don't, want to, I don't want this to fail. I don't want this not to be a success. That makes me feel out of control. Right. And it also makes me feel like I don't know what, what the hell I'm doing, right? Like I'm not good enough. So yeah. it triggers my personal core wound and it makes me feel out of control because I can't control the results. So on a daily basis, I'm bumping up against my, my need to control. So that's where it shows up from a negative aspect for me. Now, I've got things in place where I can move through that and I'm self-aware enough to know that's what's going on. But it does come up. And I, and I know that for a lot of our clients, it's it it comes up for them in the same way. Like, they'll ask me, well, what marketing strategy should I do? Like, should I do this? And I'm like, you should do all of them. Like, you should be testing all kinds of things all at the same time. But really what they're asking is, which one should I do that I'm actually going to be like, actually going to work for me? Yeah, right. Exactly. And I can't ever answer that question. Right. I don't know what's going to, like, I know what works in the marketplace. I, you know, marketing is, marketing is all, is all a test. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the positive side of, of the control is that I am very decisive. Like I do, I'm, I'm very decisive and you have to be when you're, when you're a CEO and you're an owner of a, of a business, because the longer you take to make a decision, the more opportunity is lost yep. period. Right. Nothing, nothing happens until, until you make a decision. For sure. Um, and I'm also very much in control of what, of the, the systems and processes and procedures that are required to run the business on the back end. I'm, I'm very much in control of what's happening with the team and their development. I'm very much in control of project management. I'm very much in control of, you know, decisions that we're making to move the company forward. So there's that, there's that duality. There's that play between how this can be a gift, but how it can also be, what's the opposite of a gift? Uh, why can't I think of what's opposite of a gift? I don't know what's opposite of a, gift. a turd. I don't a know. Turd. <laughs> sure, let's just, let's just go with turd. I don't turd know. Works. Let's go with turd. But it could also, you know, it could also be something that that's detrimental. Slow, something that's detrimental. Detrimental. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I when I started the company, um, that was a major problem right off the bat because there were too many things. There were too many moving parts around the idea of having a seminar business that. I couldn't do all of it and make the sales constantly at the same time because I'm making sales from a position of nothing. I don't have a list. I don't know anybody. I have to go out there and, and, you know, do make all of that happen. So I immediately started looking for just like grunt workers, people that could just, I I could tell them do something and they could actually try to figure out how to do it. But where it really came up for me the most was that the day that I realized that I was never going to increase my sales until I hired a salesperson. Like there was only so much I could do because I was selling, I was fulfilling everything that I sold. Yep. I was creating the material. Yep. I was doing the live events. I had to, I had to consistently be out there speaking to create more people. I'm like, I just can't, I can't, I have to have a salesperson to do this. And at the same time, I thought to myself, I'm going to take a dip in business in order to do this because the, it, like there's, Somebody is not going to come off the street and be able to sell this exactly as good as I can sell it walking in off the street. They could do it in a short period of time if they're trained, but I have to be willing to take a bit of a dip to do that. And to me, that was an indication that I had waited too long. Oh, absolutely. Most people wait too long. I had waited too long. So it was kind of like, okay, this is what I have to do. And the other thing, Steph, that I had to do was I had to not run in and rescue them when they weren't making enough sales. Amen. And that was like I had to put a chokehold around my own neck 
not to be able to do it. Because I knew that I could go make sales that they weren't making. And of course, I'm living the consequence of not having the same amount of money come in. But it was like, they're never going to learn how to do this if I rescue them every time that they don't make the sales. That was hard. Well, that you bring up a very, very good point because that's not just in sales. That's in all the positions that you have in your company. Mm -hmm. The more you rush in and rescue someone, the more you disempower them from owning their role. The more you just create more work for yourself because then they don't feel like they can make decisions. They have to come to you with everything, right? That's the difference between delegating a task and delegating a decision. Um, But I know that, you know, Sales is the lifeblood of your business, right? If money's not coming in, there's some really negative impacts. So hiring a sales team, while it seems like a relief, (laughs) generally doesn't turn out to be a relief at first. There's a lot of training that there's a big investment in bringing on salespeople and hiring a sales team. Um, And then also letting go of that control because that is like you are in control of money coming into your business and suddenly someone else is in control of that. That's really scary for a lot of people. It really is. And it's, you know, I mean, this whole, this control thing is such a growth edge. And one of the things about it that I, that I really like about it is that it's really a redirect, right? So it's not like you're going to give up control. You're going to read, you're going to redirect it. You're going to learn how to use it more maturely. It's actually going to give you more overall control, which is where it's coming from to begin with and not to believe that you don't have it. Um, and it's something that you already got. You just need to mature with the way that you're using it. And the results are fantastic when a person does that. So how does someone know if they have this problem? Like I said, if you're, if you're feeling overwhelmed, right, you've got to. Well, they're stuck. Yes. They're not growing, right? They've hit a place where, where it's not moving forward and they don't know why. They, they're not 100% aware that they're the issue at this point. You know, but but that's kind of the epitome, like especially in business. When you're stuck, you're the issue. The issue could have multiple parts. Like it could be a bad team. It could be that you hired the wrong people. It could be a lot of different things. But the fact that you're not recognizing any of those problems or you don't know exactly what the problem is, is an indication that you're stuck. And um, there's different ways control shows up, which we really didn't get into. We could probably save this for another podcast, but you've got the need to be right. You've got the need not to be wrong. <laughs> right? These are all forms of control that, that, that come in. And then getting to the edge where it's kind of like um, it's very dysfunctional communication, right? It could be slightly abusive. It could be believing that people should just follow your every word because you said it. Like there's a lot of different areas this can go. But the idea is that, you're not seeing it. So consulting with somebody on this is one of the best things that you could do because somebody who's on the other side of this will spot it instantly. Yes. Like, yep, that's exactly what we're doing here. (laughs) We spot it all the time. And generally what they'll say is, yeah, I know. I I have to do this or yeah. Like, yeah. Once it's out in the open, they're like, oh yeah, I know. Awesome. Be aware of your need to be in control, both the positive aspects and the not so positive aspects so you can navigate and grow your business. Change your life. All right. right, Was that a good podcast or what? Did it make you feel out of control? Were there any things that popped up for you where you said, yep, that's me? If you did, let us know. Uh, Tell us what you think. Tell us where... 
You know, it w- would also be cool is if you left us some stories on how you've gotten past this or where it's where it's showing up in your life that might be a red flag that's that's causing you a problem. And as always, if there's something that we can do to help you, please reach out. We're happy to be of service. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to lifeisnowinc.com.